Welcome to the Mental Models Podcast. I'm George Baxter, and I'm a hedge fund manager for management. I'm Dan Krawczyk. I'm a neuroscientist and professor at the University of Texas at Dallas. And together we explore mental models. That is how we view the world and what the world gives us for feedback. It's not a brain in a jar. That's the gist. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Mental Models Podcast. We would like you to continue to support us and uh, our efforts here and show us that uh, you do appreciate uh, the information that we share. Uh, and you can do so by buying our book, Understanding Behavioral Bias. It's available on Amazon. And, and if you do buy it, uh, what would really help us out is if you could leave a review. It's available in paperback copy and on Kindle. Both are pretty good value. And we think that uh, you can really explore some of the topics that we touch on here in greater depth. Thank you very much. And we hope you continue to enjoy the Mental Models podcast. Welcome back to Mental Models. Uh, sometimes in life, we find ourselves acting in a certain way that seems to contradict our general worldview. And under those conditions, we often have little tricks that we employ to kind of make it okay internally. And we think of it as rationalization or um, reframing and just kind of uh, you know, talk ourselves into um, that we agreed with uh, this particular person all along and that's all okay. And, uh, it's sort of a coping mechanism that we, uh, that we employ. And uh, it has some problems, certainly when it comes to investing, uh, known as thesis drift, where you start to kind of incorporate new incoming information and dangerously sort of morph your position into uh, making it all coherent when in reality it can sometimes contradict what you were thinking initially when you got into a position. Yeah, a lot of this comes down to our desire not to be wrong uh, when we have something that starts to change uh, and we start to see the facts on the ground uh, unfold in a manner that's not consistent with our original thinking. Uh, then we try to justify uh, continuing uh, with the position that we have uh, in, this, in the current sizing, based off of perhaps uh, new and positive interpretations of data that come out. We're always trying to accommodate to a changing world is the challenge. And we often uh, sort of develop a position or a, a sense of the way things are going to go, and then reality hits, and uh, we're, we're constantly needing to update. This all goes back historically to some basic research by Leon Festinger from uh, the the middle of the 20th century, kind of in the post-World War II era, a lot of social psychologists were trying to understand um, how people could um, do terrible things and resolve it. And so the, the, the sort of classic line that I was just following orders comes down to sort of rationalizing um, bad behavior uh, and kind of disowning blame and, and making it okay in a way. And what they were, what Festinger and others were interested in was uh, how you reduce psychological discomfort that comes about from acting against your own best interest or your own professed beliefs. Uh, one of the most colorful studies and, and uh, illustrative studies comes from uh, Joel Cooper and Mark Zana, who uh, had two groups of subjects in their, in their experiment, and uh, they would give them a pill, a sugar pill that was nothing more than a placebo, one group was told that this pill would cause some jitteriness and some anxiety and that they might feel that. And the other group was told uh, this pill has no effect whatsoever. Uh, then both groups were asked to uh, write an essay in favor of a college tuition increase. 
which would not be a popular thing uh, for any undergraduate at the time, and this was an undergraduate subject group. And so uh, they were kind of finding themselves in this experiment, um, advocating for something that was clearly against their beliefs. And then um, at the end of the experiment, they, they would ask each person, you know, how much do you agree with the tuition increase? Those that got the, uh, the sugar pill and were told this is going to cause anxiety didn't change their beliefs much. Uh, basically, they could discount whatever dissonance or discomfort as being due to this pill and, and not really their behavior. The group that was told the pill would do nothing changed their beliefs and said they agreed more with the tuition increase after having written the essay. And the, the thinking was that um, they experienced anxiety and discomfort because they're, they're having to do something they don't agree with. And there was no real justification. They had no out to sort of rationalize that it was, it was the pill effect. And so that was the thinking. For a lot of cognitive dissonance, you would reduce discomfort under those circumstances by changing around your beliefs after the fact to kind of accommodate to the behavior that uh, you engaged in. Or in the case of um, daily life, maybe accommodating your viewpoint to a bunch of facts that have revealed themselves that weren't part of your initial thinking. So the clear example of this will be a situation where uh, you put on a position uh, based off of a particular thesis uh, in, in, in an investing context. And uh, then the facts develop that are inconsistent with that initial thesis that you had. And perhaps there are certain facts that you could create a new thesis with that's favorable that would justify you continuing to hold on to your position as it is. Um, and, you know, perhaps if the security's even gone against you, you may use it as justification to add to your position. Uh, but the reality is the initial thesis you had is not consistent with the way things unfolded. We often find that, uh, at least my experience has been, and, and how we address it in our shop, that if, if there is uh, something that causes you to deviate from your original thesis, then you should probably exit the position and reconsider or uh, just take note of it as not being a successful investment. Because the danger is once you start going down the slippery slope of justifying something that is different than what you initially thought, there's no necessary end to it. You may continue to take facts, no matter how bad they may be, look at them in a certain light, and come up with yet another justification to avoid taking losses or uh, to continue so that you're not actually ever, you know, quote unquote, wrong. Right. And sometimes we just discount things like that's not really it's not truly indicative of what's going to happen, or that's, that's just a blip, or that may not be an accurate reporting. That's one way of, of rationalizing. Another is to actually incorporate uh, new evidence as being part of your thinking, right? And the, the danger there is you start to morph your, um, your prediction based around sort of uh, contradictory information that you're just you're sort of making up a story around to, to try to keep assembling these facts in a way um, in order to remain consistent. And one of the other dangers here, it's known as consistency bias, which is the tendency for us to want to present ourselves as not changing our mind. Um, some people call it flip-flopping, and uh, you absolutely should change course if things are going poorly, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that, but it feels sometimes as if we should stay the course and continue on, especially if we've advocated for a particular um, outcome. It can be quite tricky to extract yourself 
and sort of just be humble and say, well, I, I happen to be wrong here and I'm, I'm going to change course now. So there's several different things you can do to overcome this issue. One, when you initially put together your thesis for looking at a new idea, write down not just what your thesis is, but how it may go wrong. And so, you know, you're anticipating these issues uh, that could arise, which would lead to a bad outcome. And then, of course, you want to refer to that as new events arise and ask yourself whether the initial thesis you had is still intact. And perhaps if some of the things that you foreshadowed as being issues have actually come to fruition. Another thing to avoid the consistency bias issue is to avoid situations where you're actually advocating for a position in public. And if you do, again, talk about circumstances that could arise in the future where the position will not work as you anticipate or that you see as risks that could cause that to occur. Once you open the door for multiple possibilities, then you can actually act in a, and in a manner that's not inconsistent with your original thesis. Yeah, focusing on certainty and a definitive outcome is really the most dangerous feature of all of this, potentially, because you've, you've sort of anchored, anchored yourself on some type of, a, uh, of, a, of an, you know, a probabilistic situation coming to fruition, and then you sort of dangerously stick with that, and it starts to become very black and white. And what we tend to do is get a shades of gray set of evidence. And if you're going to impose black or white on it, uh, you're going to have to morph that evidence in these undesirable ways. And this is true, I think, also just in life. We, when you think about buying consumer products, very rarely is something fantastic or terrible outright, right? There's going to be some pros and cons to it. And if you can do more of a, um, an analysis where you think in terms of probabilities or acknowledge the positives and negatives, uh, the risk and reward of something, um, you'll just be uh, better set up to avoid this kind of rationalization that's needed. It's really when we um, cast something as utterly negative or positive that we're, we're usually going to get a collection of facts and evidence that don't totally support that. And that's when we can, you can think of it almost as like mental gymnastics. We can start to kind of downplay selectively certain things and then upgrade certain other things and, and make it all sort of make sense. And and again, we do this in certain ways just to uh, maintain our peace of mind. As we've talked about many times, stress comes from being uncertain for long periods of time. And so um, we have some incentives just psychologically to, to want to do this, but uh, it does have some, some clear dangers as well. Yeah, I think that, uh, that about covers it. All right. So we'll uh, see you next time. Thank you for spending your time listening to the Mental Models podcast. Content matters because your brain does not exist in a jar. Please subscribe. Visit mentalmodelspodcast.com for updates on Dana George's upcoming book release titled Understanding Behavioral Bias, A Guide to Improving Financial Decision Making. Also available on mentalmodelspodcast.com are show notes, book reviews, and upcoming behavioral finance seminars with Dan and George. The Mental Models Podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Twitter. Please subscribe, and thank you for listening.